President Tsai Ing-wen's New York stopover culminated on Thursday with her receiving the Global Leadership Award from the Hudson Institute. She accepted the award for her efforts toward strengthening Taiwan-U.S. ties. She also gave a speech to a closed-door audience of U.S. officials and policy experts. According to a summary of her remarks by the presidential office, Tsai pledged to collaborate with like-minded nations to pursue peace and defend democracy. On her second day in the U.S., President Tsai Ing-wen attended an event held by the Hudson Institute. She accepted a Global Leadership Award and gave remarks about Taiwan's role in the world. Today, the very conditions that enable so much freedom and prosperity are actually at risk. Not just for Taiwan, but for countries the world over. There were more than 100 people present, most of them U.S. officials or experts from think tanks. As the event was closed to the media, the presidential office later released a summary of Tsai's remarks. President Tsai emphasized that this award is a tribute to the resilience demonstrated by the people of Taiwan in the face of tremendous challenges, with the courage and persistence of the people of Taiwan and the support from our U.S. friends, Taiwan began its democratic transition and eventually brought an end to over three decades of martial law. Today, Taiwan stands with like-minded countries in pursuit of peace, prosperity, and the defense of democracy. Secondly, the president stressed that the PRC's escalation of tension is evident, but Taiwan's response has been measured and composed, demonstrating to the world that we are the responsible cross-strait stakeholder. The Taiwanese people want peace, not conflict, and history tells us that the best way to avoid war is through building strength. Thirdly, while Taiwan's ties with the world's democracies have grown stronger in recent years, we have continued to be excluded from participating in the functions of the United Nations and its affiliated international organizations. Such unjust conditions cannot stand. Taiwan needs support from our fellow democracies to facilitate participation in international organizations. Fourthly, because an unstable Taiwan Strait poses serious economic and security risks to the entire world, it is all the more important for us to safeguard the peace and stability of the region. This means not only increasing our security cooperation, but also facilitating a stronger, more robust economic partnership. Lastly, she stressed that Taiwan is a resilient society that believes in the power of democracy, but we cannot solve 21st century challenges or push back against authoritarianism alone. We will continue to work with the U.S. and other like-minded democracies to demonstrate that democracy can deliver and that Taiwan is committed to safeguarding our way of life. Tsai received the Global Leadership Award from the Think Tank's Board of Trustees Chair, Sarah May Stern, and its President and CEO, John P. Walters. Photos of the event, along with a summary of Tsai's remarks, were published on her social media right after the ceremony. Former U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo was rumored to attend, but ultimately did not show up. While in New York, President Tsai also connected with the Taiwanese-American community. She stopped by a grocery store stocked with Taiwanese products and a breakfast diner serving classic Taiwanese fare, including Yo Tiao. Tsai also paid a visit to Taiwan's representative office where she met culinary prodigy Lia Chu and two talented Taiwanese illustrators. Hello. 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 Hello.
总统今天这样够吗 ？Braving sub-zero temperatures, President Tsai Ing-wen took a stroll in the streets of New York to visit a grocery store specializing in Taiwanese goods. The two young Taiwanese American owners say they wanted to introduce Taiwan to more people. Their most popular product is fruit snacks banned in China. When China banned pineapples, many Americans wanted to help but didn't know how. So we started a crowdfunding campaign. We used the money to buy fruits from small farmers in Taiwan and to turn them into dried fruit snacks to bring over. It's our best-selling product. After visiting the store, Tsai stopped for breakfast at a joint opened by another Taiwanese American, Josh Ku. As a big fan of baseball, Ku was wearing the jersey of Taiwan's team at the World Baseball Classic. His chef was clad in another Taiwanese jersey, a gift from Ku. I'm a baseball fan, a huge New York Mets fan,、uh, but also when I go back to Taiwan, I always. Try to go to a game. I think、uh, going to a baseball game in Taiwan is much different. I don't watch sports very much, but we love the name, and oh, yeah, yeah. we even brother elephants. In the afternoon, Tsai headed to Taiwan's representative office in the city to meet Taiwanese youth. There, she tried sweet jellies made by culinary prodigy Li Yachu. I wrote in Taiwan because Chinese has a word for support. She also met two Taiwanese illustrators who were in New York for a comics and cartoon festival. I illustrated this book before the referendum on marriage equality in 2018. I am a big supporter of issues like this. I wanted to take Taiwan's freedom and diverse values to faraway places. The illustrators' support for LGBT rights struck a chord with the president, whose administration legalized same-sex marriage in Taiwan. Tsai also appeared delighted by a surprise gift. It was a portrait of Tsai in the artist's uniquely charming style. People rushed to take selfies with the president. It was her first U.S. visit in three years, which added extra significance to the encounter. And turning now to former President Ma Ying-jeou, who is halfway through his 12-day China tour. Ma had a meeting with China's Taiwan Affairs Office Director Song Tao on Thursday. Taking center stage was the 1992 Consensus, a framework for cross-strait relations that Ma used during his tenure. During the meeting, Ma brought up the term again and again, but he didn't once mention its familiar definition—that of "one China, different interpretations." Back in Taiwan, Premier Chen Jianren said it was clear that China had already changed the definition to leave no room for ambiguity and allow only for unification. Former President Ma Ying-jeou met China's Taiwan Affairs Chief Song Tao on Thursday. Ma sent his greetings to Xi Jinping and recalled their encounter in 2015. Mr. Xi and I underscored the importance of the 1992 consensus. With the 1992 consensus, the two sides of the strait can set aside disputes and create a mutually beneficial relationship.
Ma also touted the cross-strait policies of his administration. Cross-strait talks resumed, and we signed 23 agreements. There were meetings between the heads of cross-strait affairs, and there were meetings with the leaders of both sides. The two sides established an historic model for peacefully resolving difficult issues. Mr. Ma Ying-jeou cares for our peoples and firmly believes in the revitalization of China. On the political foundation of adhering to the 1992 consensus and opposing Taiwan independence, he has promoted the peaceful development of cross-strait ties to benefit people on both sides of the strait. The 1992 consensus was brought up five times as Ma and Song echoed one another. But Ma did not mention the KMT's definition of the term, which allows for different interpretations of one China. Over in Taiwan, Premier Chen Jianren had this to say. China has already reformulated the 1992 consensus, defining it as one China and one country, two systems. That's a definition the people of Taiwan cannot accept. I hope that President Ma can understand that the consensus in Taiwan is that Taiwan is a sovereign and independent country. The Premier urged Ma to listen to the people of Taiwan. Earlier during his China tour, Ma visited a COVID-19 exhibition where he praised China's management of the outbreak. Ma Ying-jeou was referring to the mainland's approach. Their economy came to a halt so that the virus wouldn't spread. So I think it's not wrong in the slightest to thank the government of the mainland for that, for all they've done for humankind. To use a popular term now, I'm shook that they would say such a thing. Now, even the WHO chief is asking China to shed some light on the situation and to allow an international probe into the matter. Ma Ying-jeou is the only person to praise their management after visiting Wuhan. Ma is only halfway through his 12-day China visit, but the controversies are already piling up. O-Bank is Taiwan's first online bank. On Friday, it also became the first to release the 6,000 NT handouts from last year's tax surplus. Registration for the government handout started on March 22nd, with payouts to officially start on April 6th. But O-Bank gave their clients a surprise just before the tomb-sweeping long weekend. The Treasury originally told us to disperse the payouts to bank customers after 5 p.m. today, but we did it a half day early, using our own funds to provide early access to some 8,000 people, people who had applied for it. O-Bank said it wanted to help customers enjoy the upcoming holiday, but it also gave a public apology for breaking the rules and jumping the gun on payouts. TSMC says it's still working out how to secure U.S. funding for its American operations without compromising sensitive data. Under the U.S. Chips and Science Act, funding applicants must reveal trade secrets like unit prices and capacity. At a Friday event, TSMC Chairman Mark Liu said the U.S.'s disclosure requirements were, quote, unacceptable. He said further negotiations were needed to prevent a negative impact on Taiwan's operations. TSMC Chairman Mark Liu stepped down as the head of the Taiwan Semiconductor Industry Association, succeeded by TSMC Vice President Cliff Ho. 
Before passing the baton, Liu asked the government to build a chip ecosystem based in Taiwan. Under the impact of the U.S. tightening controls over semiconductor equipment and raw materials, change could be coming to our ecosystem of chip components manufactured in China. Hopefully, we can bring in more advanced semiconductor equipment and high-end materials so that we can manufacture in Taiwan. Amid the U.S.-China semiconductor war, the U.S. Chips and Science Act is encouraging domestic production with subsidies. Funding applicants must not expand in China for 10 years, and they must disclose their operational data. On Friday, TSMC's chairman said that some of Washington's terms were unacceptable. We are still in discussions with the U.S. Some of the conditions are unacceptable. We need to negotiate based on what we find acceptable and hope that they adjust so that we won't be negatively affected. The requested data includes revenue, profit, production capacity, unit prices and price forecasts, all deemed as trade secrets. Liu said further talks with Washington were needed. We will discuss this directly with the U.S. Our success and Taiwan's success are also the successes of the United States, so we can't allow Taiwan's operations to be negatively affected. In response, Economics Minister Wang Meihua said the government would do its best to facilitate communication. Taiwan has introduced tougher fines for drivers who don't yield to pedestrians. Starting Friday, car and truck drivers will face a minimum fine of 3,600 NT, up from 2,000 NT. The penalties increase if the pedestrian is blind or partially sighted, using a white cane or accompanied by a guide dog. Fines go up to 4,800 NT for car drivers and 7,200 NT for truck drivers. The government will step up enforcement of pedestrian safety laws over the long weekend. Currently, 265 intersections around the country are equipped with technology to detect infractions. 14 more intersections will be added this year. Citizens can also report violators to the police by submitting video evidence. Today, we take you to a workshop in Taiwan that teaches people how to give new life to garbage. In the workshop, you can learn how to use various waste items such as plastic containers, milk cartons, and turn them into wireless phone chargers, phone stands, flower vases, and more. Our reporter Stephanie Yang sits in on a class to see what it's all about. This store teaches people how to give new life to garbage and turn waste into new products such as wireless phone chargers and phone stands. What that material is? A typical session starts off with using an AI program connected to a camera to learn about what each object is composed of. It's wired with um, air sensor. Next, participants will move on to check a screen that will indicate whether there are volatile organic compounds or secondary pollution present during production. The room is wired with air sensors to collect the information. After that, visitors can take different types of trash and put them into the machine. The trash will be broken into small parts. In just around 10 minutes, this wireless cell phone charger made from garbage is complete. This workshop uses a simple model to allow participants to understand the process of recycling and the circular economy. 
It uses waste such as plastic bottles and milk cartons, and even parts of used sandals picked up from the beach to make new products like wireless phone chargers, phone stands, flower vases, clothes, and more. Space first and foremost is one is education, and the front part is education to teach people that everything you see in the space is all made from trash, from the chair to the structure to all the trash.、Uh, Beautiful fixtures, houseware that you see—they're all made from the daily waste consumption that we produce, and we turn that into a durable material. They can learn about the engineering technique from the software, LCA footprint analysis, all the way to the method of make. How do you turn trash into a new building material with the smart machineries? Trash Kitchen is the brainchild of author Huang, the founder of MiniWiz, a company that specializes in upcycling and turning trash into new buildings. Last year, it opened up a workshop to allow people of all backgrounds and ages to learn how to give new life to trash. Huang says the average participant reduces carbon emissions by 1.1 kilograms.、Uh, pretty much, you can make almost anything,、uh, all the way from an airplane、uh, to a car to a robot.、Uh, but we have to dumb, dumb it down to something that people can actually experience in 20 minutes. So what we actually、uh, decided to have a couple of different small product people can bring back. So first、uh, foray、uh, we started this in November is the cell phone charger. So we started with a wireless、um, 5, uh, 10 watt wireless charger. The workshop is open to the public, NGOs, and institutions to come and learn how to give new life to products. One is、uh, one of the highest um, recycling um, countries and cities in the world. We are the highest, if not the second to the highest.、Uh, so we are comparing between Japan and Germany,、um, and we actually have a total recycling rate about almost 60 percent, and that is considered good, but that's the best in the world.、Um, the other one is on the PET level. We are almost considered 95 percent to 99 percent fully recycled. There are four trash kitchens around the world: in Taiwan, Thailand, Singapore, and Saudi Arabia. The team hopes to continue to educate the public and train engineering talent around the world. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Guo Enhai in Taipei. As the meteoric rise of ChatGPT has shown, artificial intelligence is rapidly entering many new areas of life. Now, a new branch of the National Science and Technology Council aims to make Taiwan a global competitor in AI. The Taiwan AI Center of Excellence will enable collaboration between many different experts in the field. Its focus will be on developing new technology, cultivating talent, and AI management. Presenters simply by uploading their script. This virtual presenter is indistinguishable from a real person in both demeanor and speech. As AI enters into every industry, the National Science and Technology Council has launched the Taiwan AI Center of Excellence, with the aim of making Taiwan a world leader in the field. To take our work global, collaboration between industry, government, and education and research is the most important thing. Taiwan is not a large economy, but if we integrate our work and form a united force, we will be very powerful.
The National Science and Technology Council will invest in technology research and development, cultivation of talent, and AI management. The first stage in that push toward integration is supporting government and financial agencies to upgrade their AI services. They hope to perhaps see results by the end of the year. What Taiwan should develop is trustworthy deep AI engines. The next stage is to start testing computational power in databases on different levels and in different forms. As the chair of the National Science and Technology Council has already said, there should be some results by the end of the year. Many basic models developed by global firms don't have satisfying support for traditional Chinese. The center will also focus future efforts on developing language functions so AI can be more reliable and practical in Taiwan. And now what the weather has in store for your tomb sweeping holiday. We're looking at on and off showers this weekend in the northern half of the island as the rain system tracks east. But the skies are set to clear up starting Monday, making way for some good outdoor fun. And seize the chance while you can because a new front is due to sweep in next Thursday, bringing more rain and cooler temperatures. Over now to the Central Weather Bureau. 明天随着华南雨雨区的东移,要特别留意各地的降雨增多。Tomorrow, as this cloud system from southern China moves eastward, we'll need to watch out for increased rainfall across several areas, particularly in the north and central regions as well as the northeast. Heavier rainfall can be expected near the mountains. On Sunday, humidity levels will decrease slightly. There will be some localized showers in the mountainous regions in the west. From next Monday to Tuesday, the overall humidity will be low and conditions will be mostly cloudy to sunny. And turning to the traffic, the Freeway Bureau says southbound roads will be busiest on Saturday. So if you want to avoid those jams, leave before 6 in the morning or after midday. As for northbound travelers, you can expect the worst traffic next Monday and Tuesday. To beat the rush, try hitting the road before 9 a.m.